This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to A Real Man Wood podcast with Chris Liss, your host. And I'm joined by my usual co-host, Dalton Del Don of Yahoo Sports. What's going on, Dalton? What's up? Not much. How's it going, Liz? Uh, what did we What did we do last week? We went um, two and three. We're even, Steven. We're Jerry Seinfeld on the air, twenty two, twenty two and one in the super contest. Your Giants and my 49ers we used, and that was a, a catastrophe. And the other thing, we were actually even worse than two and three because we. It's frustrating because we locked in the Colts. Right, we're one and so three. We, we, we're one and three because everybody used the everyone used the Colts. That's I was going to ask if you knew the percentages. I didn't look it up, but I'm that has to be a hundred percent used because people people on Twitter I always post our picks and they didn't understand how do you have the Colts plus thirteen and uh, I, it, it doesn't matter ultimately. But we have proof on this podcast that we right. recorded that we were going to use the Colts. You know, even with Deshaun Watson playing, and then obviously the crazy news: a non-contact practice injury. He's out. But the, the Super Contest, the way it works, um, the, the lines are static. They're released Wednesday evening, and they just remain the same because it wouldn't make any sense to fluctuate. And then it'd just come down to whoever has their proxy place the bets you know, closest to right. game time. So that would just wouldn't feasibly work. There's li- I just looked it up. There are like nearly 3,000 entrants uh, in this thing. So, so anyway, so we had the Colts, and I'm guessing uh, 100% of the entrants did, unless you want to be the ultimate contrarian. Because it was a free six points. You know, it was plus 13, the line went to plus seven, and obviously it should have been even lower than that. So really we didn't even have – we had an even worse uh, week than our, our cosmetic record uh, shows. Right. We're really one and three. So it's funny. Uh, Rufus Peabody of Massey and Peabody is in Portugal right now. He's doing this oh. thing where he spends like a month in like 12 different places over the year, and this month is Lisbon. And so I had lunch with him, and it was before – it was Sunday morning actually. It was Sunday afternoon. And he was, tr- he was saying, well, if you guys are only one game over 500, you should take the Texans. You should have taken the Texans. I mean, we didn't know because, again, we actually, maybe when we put it in, we did know because nobody would have them. So you'd get a free game up on every single person in the contest. Like, right. if you're 500, you basically have to have a miracle, right? Like, we, I mean, we think, okay, it's fine. We'll just go, like, 15-0 and 0 the next three weeks. And we could, right? But it's, like, one in 32,000 or something like that to, to do that. We could do it, but it might. But the chances that the Texans had covered a 13-point spread were like, you know, one in three, one in four, even without Watson. So he was like, just go the other way. Of course, it was Sunday morning. He knew we couldn't switch it at that point. But it's just a, an interesting situation when you know that every single other person is yeah, on. 
even it, knowing the outcome, that wouldn't have been the craziest thing ever. You know, no, if, no, no. It's uh, like one in four. I mean, come on. Teams win by double digits all the time in games that are pick'ems. You know, three-point games. There's double-digit defensive touchdown at the end. Whatever. It ha- all sorts of crazy stuff happens. You want to hear something horrible? So my last survivor pool was a rebuy pool. You could rebuy through week seven. And since so many people lost, including me, it was 50 bucks entry, but I had already put in 150. And a lot of some people put in 200, 150. And the guy's like, oh, this is the biggest pot we'll ever ha- we've ever had. And so I, you can see actually on officefootballpools.com, I didn't realize this until recently, exactly the distribution of picks in your pool. And I saw that like everybody was on the Saints, and I'd already used the Seahawks and, and Eagles. And so, and most people are on the Saints who didn't have those two. And so it was either the Texans or the Jaguars. And I picked the Jaguars, but at the last second, I'm like doing this thing. I make sauerkraut. I chop these cabbages and I like wring them and I put them in salt in these jars. It's, I'm a master of it. It's like they come out really good. It's like a superfood. You should learn how to do it. Happy to. My next podcast, I'll do sauerkraut making instruction. It's a really worthwhile thing. Anyway, I'm doing that and my hands are like full of this purple cabbage juice. And it's like. I don't know. It's maybe 15 minutes before the game. I mean, I've set my lineups. I've seen all like the preliminary scratches or whatever. And I wash my hands and I check my computer. And it's uh, I get emails from the comments of my articles and somebody commenting on a survivor article saying, "Yeah, something, something with Fournette scratched." And I'm like, "Fournette scratched? I don't have yeah. him in any league." So I, I, but I, you know, run to the thing. I'm like, "Holy crap, Fournette is scratched." I'm like, eh, "Texans, Jaguars is kind of a close call. I, I, I don't love the Jaguars this week." Fournette's not even playing. Like, what are they going to do for offense? Bengals' defense isn't bad. All right, I'll switch to the Texans. So I switched to the Texans, and I'm out. Okay, done. And a lot of people lost with Seattle and the Texans in that pool. And there's like, you know, maybe 10 people left, and it's, it's at least, I don't know, 4,500, five grand. You know, I mean, this is like a, a decent, you know, it's like losing 500 bucks. Anyway, last minute I switched from the Jaguars to the Texans. Yeah, I mean, I can't give you uh I guess too much of a hard time, but you're worried about a running back versus, uh, you know, <laughs> but think about Savage. The, yeah, but think about the, I know. I mean, Savage is, this is barbaric what, what he did, but what, what I'm saying is with Jacksonville, Fournette's a pretty important player. I mean, at least so I thought, you know, I mean, their defense is obviously good, but you know, even like the 2000 Ravens had Jamal Lewis. Was it Jamal Lewis back then? I think it was, you know, there's usually a running back attached to these great defenses. You're not just like, okay, we have no QB, no running back. Yeah, what's the other one? Was it Chester Taylor? Am I remembering maybe that right? Maybe it was Chester Taylor. Yeah, maybe it was him. But Jamal him. Lewis was right there. I, I forget exactly when he took over, but that, that is the guy, right? Yeah. Who he was, uh, yeah. I mean, I Priest that. Holmes is actually, I think, on that team as a backer. Right, right. Before yeah, no, I mean, crazy. it's easy to give you a hard time in hindsight, but yeah, that's that's frustrating, anyway. especially those moves. I, maybe it's just anecdotal, but I, I hate switching last minute. Uh, I've just, always, uh, I mean, obviously, yeah, it's anecdotal, and I haven't really kept track. But I think out of like the 200 times I've made a last-minute switch in fantasy or Survivor right. or against the spread or anything, I've got to think that I've lost like 170 of those. <laughs> Not like it's been right. a mistake like 170. Like just anecdotally, that's my feeling of it. That's like my experience of it. Yeah, no, I, I feel the same, same exact way. But yeah, that, that is uh, totally rough. But you bring up another point. I'm mean, not just the injuries in general this year. Uh, arguably five of the biggest stars in the sport are out, but – then, then Deshaun Watson, you know, one of the most, I mean, probably the most impressive uh, rookie campaign ever, given the importance of the uh, position, goes down in practice. And then Sunday morning, it's like Fournette missed a team photo. It's it suspended. And then uh, Zach Ertz, I didn't really, maybe I overlooked it, but I didn't really think he was a threat to miss the game. I mean, these are, these are just, it's just crazy. The, just the, the battle of, 
attrition this year in the NFL. So, so here's the question I asked Jeff on the radio show. Top three players are clearly right now Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, and Antonio Brown in some order. I don't know what order you want to put them in, but those are the three. Who's number four? Who's your number four overall? We're drafting rest of season. Who are you taking? You're saying Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, and Antonio Brown. Well, you, I mean, you just simply can't take Elliott, right? Just the risk well, is you, just, you, uh, You're going to take Elliott now, not knowing <laughs> that he might miss six games? Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it probably would be Fournette, probably. Right. That's who, we put, that's who I put it for. But, I mean, that's just so crazy. Fournette, like, he's only got 15 receptions. He was just suspended for a game. You know, no. it's, just, it's bizarre. Like, you look at who's there, like McCoy, Fournette, Melvin Gordon. Can't really put a receiver there. Yeah, and no, Mark Ingram. I mean, Who's, he fumbled twice, and then Kamara is like outproduced him last week. Yeah, well, he fumbled too. Yeah, I mean, like Jordan Howard, but he doesn't catch the ball, and he's in a terrible situation. Jordan yeah, it's kind of just like Fournette. I mean, they're kind of similar, actually. Yeah, no, it's it's bad. I mean, wide receiver is just a joke. That's the crazy thing, you know. It's wide receiver, like how bad it is. I mean, Hopkins gets targeted a ton, but obviously now the quarterback situation there. Julio Jones uh, can't catch a touchdown or stay healthy. I mean, AJ Green. Yeah, it, it is. Mike it Evans is, is going to be suspended, so he's you got to cross him off. No, it's it's ugly. Des Bryant, I mean, he's hurt and not really producing based on all the red zone. Jordy targets. Nelson and Devonte Adams got taken down with Rodgers. You, you know, Michael Thomas has been very mediocre. Brandon Cooks just doesn't get that big of a target share. I mean, no, it's it's yeah. I mean, Demarius Thomas scored for the first time in 15 games. I mean, it's 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 bad. I mean, I, I mean, I guess, man, you talk yourself into like Gronk is a late first round pick. Yeah, you could. I mean, in the Stopa League, with two tight ends, Gronk is like number four, I think. Kareem Hunt is the other guy we didn't mention who um, has been Oh, doing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of, yeah, he's, right. he's been doing less and less every game. but Big time. But, yeah. you know, I mean, he'd still be in the top. You know, he'd, he'd still easily be like a number six or number four or something like that. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really weird. That's, yeah, I mean... Especially deeply like Stopa, that's why I'm like, I don't even have a good team, but I just want to like make them more than ever. I just want to make the right. playoffs. Because who knows? <laughs> who knows, right? I, I can cobble together a piece of shit team that can win a game, and then you know, who kn- then you're in the final somehow. Yeah, I totally. Seemingly every week I look at my opponents in these deep rostered leagues, and I'm like, oh, that team's not very good. And then, like, then the next one, oh, that team's not very It's just that I don't think anyone's team is very good, you know? I mean, it's just. Because it's, there's uh, 10 good players in the league, there's like actually right. six good players in the league, in the exactly. entire league. Yeah. And so, you know, my quarterbacks are Jay Cutler and Andy Dalton. They're terrible. Here's, here's the crazy thing. Everyone's like, oh, wait on quarterback. It's no big deal. Just wait on quarterback. I mean, why would you waste a pick on Tom Brady when you can just get Andy Dalton in round 12? Or Eli Manning or Kirk Cousins or, you know, or Ben Roethlisberger or whoever. Cousins has actually been all right. But most of these guys, Matt Ryan, I mean, they're all bad. Cam Newton has not been consistent. The guys who have been good are like Carson Wentz. You know, yeah. Prescott's been very good. But Don't forget Josh McCown. Yeah, McCown, I mean, but but the guys you would wait it on, the normal guys to wait on, like Phillip yeah, Rivers, Rivers and Andy Phillip Dalton Rivers. and Ben Roethlisberger and Eli suck. And so if you took, you know, a guy early like Brady, it was worth it. You know, even though like Brady's not even having that big of a year, he's like on a thirty-five touchdown, five thousand yard pace, like solid, you know, for him. Yeah, but nothing's two guys I went with in, in Stopa, uh, Cam Newton and Marcus Mariota. They haven't been great either. I mean, it's, it's oh. the list is long. Thank you for saying that because I, I don't know why I forgot this last week. But to trade Marcus Mariota for Trevor Simeon, I mean, in a two QB league, that was a horrendous move by you. Yeah, how it's uh, how could you do that? Again, again it's all context and a couple things. Um, one, I was in an absolute must win and just really, really, it was going to be a terrible flex start. And again, a must win. 
and Mariota. Who? What was that? He was he, on bye. Sorry, he was on bye. Yeah, he, he was on bye. But I'm uh, sorry, Simeon. Yeah, obviously, just absolutely atrocious. But who was he facing? Was it the? Um, I forget. He he had a very very go. Oh, like he was against the Chiefs, who beginning annihilated uh, right. against opposing passers. At the, so like a really good matchup the following week against the Eagles, who give up a lot of passing yards. Whereas Mariota had a bye, then the Ravens then the Bengals, then at Pittsburgh. So it's like basically a month straight of, of poor right. matchups. But, but okay, that's, that's whatever. It looks absolutely horrendous. Ah, horrible. Here's the thing. I sent out a league-wide email the day before, and no one um, responded. I, I asked for, at first, Jeff, uh, I believe it was Funches and Simeon, and he, he rejected it. And then, like, whatever, basically I just was desperate, and I just had just for Simeon. And then, like, P now gave me a hard time saying that he would have given up like Brissett and more or something right afterward. I'm like, well, it's almost like I should have sent a league wide email to everyone right, saying right. I'm desperate to trade Mariota. Yeah. That's what I did. Yeah. So yeah. you can't give me a hard time after when I let everyone know. And I even made it clear. I am desperate. I need a win. Mariota, you can have for 60 cents on the dollar. Turns out I gave him up for six cents on the dollar. Yeah. But, talk, but about um, a, yeah. talk about a nutless monkey. I mean, his name is Simeon. Yeah, I know. I yes, yeah. He's he's awful, and I've lost Beckham when I went stars and scrubs, and and Mike Evans. Not only did he have a, a buy early, but now he's suspended. Uh, and, and who else? Like, um, I, I made a couple other trades well, out of desperation. It's yeah. just been a total disaster. But it has for everybody. I mean, I bought Andrew Luck for thirty-seven. Remember, this is early July or July 9th when we had the dra- the auction. I bought Andrew Luck. Did you hear that thing uh, with what's his name, Jim Ursay? on the Dan Patrick show. Apparently, like, Tony Dungy was talking to Dan Patrick, and he thought he was off-air in a break or something and said something, but it was on-air. I'm not exactly sure what happened, but that he heard from Jim Ursay at some Colts function that he was annoyed because Luck, he thinks it's in Luck's head, all the entire injury, and that he was annoyed because they had every reason to believe Luck would be ready for week one, and they didn't prepare to, you know, to be without him basically this year. That's why they had to trade for Brissett. Like they didn't really have, a, you know, they had Tolzien, who was beyond horrible. He was, you know, he was like Tom Savage esque, and so they had to trade for Brissett and just kind of cobble it together and lost the entire season. And he thought Luck was actually healthy; it's just in his head. Yeah, a couple things. First, real quick about Stopa. Um, I have Mike Evans suspended and Amari Cooper on bye, so I'm just throwing it out there. I'm actually still four and five and technically in it, so. Uh, you could you if you're listening to this can be the next one to rip me off because I'm willing to uh, to uh, uh, once again play to win this week. But so, um, wait, wait, say that again. You got you got Cooper on by, and then who else? What was the other problem? Mike Evans suspended. Oh, so I could trade for one of those guys. Yeah, <laughs> and I've proven that I'm willing to be ripped off. Yes, you're yeah. willing. To, I got I got <laughs> really? to think about it. I, I don't want to waste time on the podcast like going yeah, okay, my okay. roster. I'm but just it out I'm there, going, yeah. I will I will make you an offer. Expect an email to come league wide, yes. and if you want twenty five percent on the dollar, you, yeah. you got. So trust me, you're gonna have customers now after that Mariota trade. Yeah. Exactly, it was good for business. Good, way, long good way to get customers. I was, exactly, I was thinking long term. Um, anyway, uh, so that's come out that Tony Dungy was says he was misquoted that that Ursay said that to him. He just said he had heard it, and they've actually redacted that and changed that report in the I whatever. Mean, is that really I, likely that that he miss? I, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think that matters either way, actually. Right. But the point is... Don't you think Don Owen is going to swoop in just like he did with Peyton and be like, all right, we'll give you a first-round pick for luck or something like that, and he's going to be on the Broncos next year? Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's crazy how little he's played in, in his prime. I mean, if he's really throwing with a torn Abram, Labram, hey, Abram, 
and um, is like significantly damaged his career because of it. I mean, that is like just uh, franchise malpractice. Well, I mean, remember David Carr, number one overall pick, got the crappy out of him for like four years, and then he was never the same, and just that was it. That was the end. I mean, he played as a backup for the Giants like 10 years later, but he was nobody. I mean, Luck got hit like so many times. He took like 50 sacks a year. They had no offensive line. But even worse is, tr- is misdiagnosing and trying to have him play through a, a damaged yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a really, it's, it's an awful franchise. It's horrendous. But yeah, no, I believe that Ursay probably did say that. I didn't. I I'm not trying to cloud the, the, the general, the general theme you're bringing up. I have no doubt that he said, yeah, he, he blamed it on it being in his head, which is just obviously a, a total joke. Right. Yeah. Totally. All right. Before we get to the picks, there's one other thing I was going to mention. And I got into this battle with the Twitter troll, and it all started because I made a joke. Uh, there's somebody said that you know when Mike Evans was issued the one-game suspension, I quoted it and I said, "This is bullshit. It's not like he smoked marijuana or tried to protest racial injustice." I was a joke. It's you know, how could he be suspended for doing something so bad as to cold clock somebody? You know, he didn't do anything horrible in the NFL's eyes, like protest. And, right. you know, some people thought it was funny, whatever. But this one guy was like, that's a douche remark. Nobody's getting suspended for a protest. And I said, well, I think that's a douche comment because you're really, you know, to distinguish so much between blackballing and, and suspension. I mean, big deal. It's the same principle. Right. You know, like he's not being allowed to play. It doesn't really matter what technically the. Uh, well, the it's, even, it's even it's even worse because he's suspended for life. Right, he's being right. It's like a it's, career suspension. Right. Yes, exactly. Like, who gives a shit about the mechanism, the particular mechanism? Right, it's semantic. It's semantic. Yeah. And then he's like, "I used to like Rotowire, but after this liberal bullshit, you know, or something, you know, you know, your fucking joke, blah blah blah, you know, goes on and on why he's, you know, never doing it again." And so I quoted him and I said, "Okay, great, enjoy." Enjoy your safe space. <laughs> just, I, that was uh, that was the one thing where I tag, where I was a little at fault, like pushing his buttons. But like you know, that's what those dudes are always saying to liberals. I think rightly so when people are overly sensitive about any little thing. But he's being like, I can't even, I can't even, you know, whatever. And then he's like, I don't need a safe space. I got an AR-17 or whatever the hell it is. And and then I, of course I retweeted that. Like, okay, this dude is literally telling me what kind of gun he has. And then that one must have been deleted because I followed your timeline. I caught a wind of what was going on, and I followed. I think oh, okay. that so was- I retweeted that. So like, because I was like, "This is what a joke." This guy's Th- three tweets in, and he's already telling me he's got this big gun, right? I mean, okay. Right. But then he starts saying how he's going to go to all of our podcasts and one star them and make our reviews. And then I just, I had enough. You know what? Fuck that guy. Okay. And here, here's here's the thing. This kind of thing is fucking extremely pernicious in America. This is going on. People think, oh, it's a very polarized you know, citizenry. Some people are Democrats. Some people are Republicans. They can't agree on anything. There's so much anger. You know what? That's fucking bullshit. That's not the problem. There's plenty of people who have different political beliefs than I do, and that's fine. I am very tolerant of them, and I know many who are tolerant of me. It's not a big deal. The problem is the people like this. And you see it on the left, too, people who, like, if you tweet something bad about Hillary Clinton. They're like savagely enraged, you know, because, oh, you can't have a view about her. You can't have an opinion about a rich, powerful politician. You're not allowed to say something bad about her. If you believe it's true, that's ridiculous. Of course you are. And it's the same thing in reverse with this guy. And this guy wants to destroy my business, destroy my livelihood, get me fired. Of course, he doesn't know I'm one of the bosses, but, you know, if he could, he would. And, and why? Because I said something that bothers him politically because he doesn't agree with my political take. I mean, this is just such a pernicious thing. And because of social media, 
you know, everybody's like towing this line, like, oh, no, no, oh, I'm so sorry. Let me walk that back. I didn't mean that. I, you know, I'm very respectful of you and blah, blah, blah. Fuck that. So what I did was I quoted all his ridiculous thing, and I said, this asshole is trying to damage my business because he because dis- I wrote something he disagrees with on fucking Twitter. So please, everybody, and I've, you know, not a ton of followers, but some, I'm like, go ahead and if you could, it would be great to let this backfire and use this as a marketing opportunity and you guys can five star and review the podcast. And I'm saying this in the podcast too. So those of you who listen, we would appreciate it if you do that. But sort of like, okay, this is what you're going to get. You're going to promote this thing. You're going to mo- promote the views that you most disagree with through your dumbass childish behavior. And I just really, really... This is a really bad trend in America. He's trying to police my speech, make me not say something that I believe and use my business as a way to punish me. First of all, he's anonymous, right? He doesn't have his name. His name is Chris, but there's no identifying information beyond that. So it's an anonymous troll, you know, trying to destroy my livelihood. And obviously he can't do much more than, you know, put some bad ratings on it. But just the idea of that, I mean, that's the kind of thing that needs to just stop. So... I, I was like, instead of like letting him be like, okay, I better get out of this if he's going to put negative reviews, I, I went the other way. Put your fucking negative review on. I'm going to have a thousand positive reviews. People who agree with me, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna to show like this is just not acceptable. It's not an acceptable way to behave. You disagree with somebody, disagree with them. You think they're an idiot? Fine. Unfollow them. If you don't want to pay your money, which is your choice for their business, fine. Don't subscribe. But that's it. That's it. Yeah, no, I, I know it definitely uh, caught caught a nerve with you. You went pretty. Uh, you, 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 everyone should follow your timeline when you went off on this guy. And has he has he been pretty quiet since? I've been very uh, curious. He was like talking shit, like, "Oh, look, look who's you know triggered now." You know, at the end, right? But like, I, I ignored that. I don't care. It, it, it's the thing is, you're not going to trigger me by calling me a liberal, even though I don't really consider myself one. Calling me a name, calling me an idiot. It's never going to make me mad. But if you're actually threatening to destroy my business, my livelihood, like. That's going to make me mad. You're now you're making a threat, right? It would be like if I said on Twitter, like, you know what? I'm going to go to your house and beat the fucking shit out of you. That would actually be a threat. That would be something different, right, than just Twitter or stuff. And I think, like, when you make a threat on Twitter, then that's, like, illegal. You know, you start to get, it starts to get, you start to cross the line with the law, okay? Threatening someone's business, at least right now, I think is legal, although there could be some sort of tort case, you know, tortious, tortious interference with, you know, my business. If he's not rating the podcast honestly based on, his displeasure with it, but he's actually like out of spite trying to wreck our business. I think that's, you can bring suit for something like that. I think maybe probably be hard to like prove everything, but that doesn't matter. We're not going to do that. We're not going to go there. And, and, but the, but the point is now you're making a threat. You're actually trying to impact my life, not online. And so, you know, I just feel like that's almost like threatening somebody physically and it crosses a line. And it's just like that kind of behavior to try to stifle my speech is not okay. It's just not remotely okay. And you see, and big outlets, they're all nutless monkeys. So many of them, not all of them, but many of them are nutless monkeys because they don't want to say something that's going to offend a couple vocal people who are going to get with their bosses and their bosses say, oh, I don't know. We don't want this controversy. Fuck that. It's Twitter. It's my podcast. I can speak about whatever the hell I want. You know, if you don't like it, don't listen. Don't follow me. That's great. That's your remedy. Or respond and convince me that I'm wrong. That's another remedy. But trying to go after my business, to me, that is totally off limits. And so I just wanted to make an example of the guy, and I wanted to actually use it to profit off of him, to actually have, it have the, the, the reverse of the effect that he intended. And I would like anybody doing that. If you're ever being bullied by somebody who's trying to stifle your speech, 
by going after your business because you're not anonymous. I put my face out there, my name. You know, I'm, I'm who I am. You know, I'm not lying. I'm not hiding like a coward behind an anonymous handle. I think people should, should expose that, man, because that is really pernicious for society. I mean, we're fine to disagree on things, but you start you know, trying to stifle people from even speaking at the risk of their livelihood, now that's really problematic. Yeah, speaking of businesses uh, not allowing it, Jerry Seinfeld once was not allowed to return a piece of clothing because his reasoning was spiked. So I think, I think you're on to something there. But in all seriousness, uh, I think ironically, this in turn, him threatening to give poor reviews has resulted in, in you, you getting more reviews than, than usual in the past hour, right? Oh, From what I can tons, tell. Tons, A lot of people are like, I'm making a review because it worked, right? Because people know, like people don't want to, be shut down on Twitter. I'm not saying some racist diatribe. I'm not going after people. I made a joke at the NFL's expense. A powerful entity, you know, or Blackball and Kaepernick. They, you know, haven't handled the domestic violence thing at all. You know, the, the NFL is, is not the good guy, and they're a powerful entity, and I was making a joke at their expense, and I always feel like you can satirize and make fun of and mock the powerful. That is funny and good. Um, you don't mock the afflicted, uh, the unlucky, the weak. That is, that is, gross that is that is you know that's vile so i'm mocking a powerful entity but this guy taking somehow personal offense to that and you know and and, and trying to stifle my speech and i just feel like no, i'm not going to tolerate that shit bring it elsewhere and i i encourage other people who are in that situation don't back down just be like i'm going to say what i want to fucking say i hear you and before we get to the games um uh, speaking of nfl and in general and it's and suspensions and all that I encourage any, anyone who hasn't yet read the interview with, uh, with GQ, I believe, with Josh Gordon. Have you read it? I have not read it yet, no. Yeah, it's pretty good, and it's pretty crazy. I don't know, is he the greatest receiver in the history of, of the NFL? I mean, the dude admits to, to being on a substance virtually every game he's ever played, he said. I know, but you were, I, I honestly, and I, I'm, I say this kind of as a joke, but kind of seriously, you know who Johnny Fever is on WKRP in Cincinnati? Oh, yeah. I mean, I watched that show as a, uh, as a kid. I okay. mean, so, vaguely. So Johnny Fever, they were doing this, like, public service thing with, like, the, the marshal to show that, like, drinking and driving is dangerous. What they do is they measure Johnny Fever's reflexes, like, hitting this button, like, how long it takes him while he's sober. And he's, like, super slow. He's, like, way slower than the average sober man. And they're like, okay, oh, that's really slow. Like, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, it's fine. And then they give him a shot, and they want him to, like, show that he's even slower but he starts to speed up as he does a shot and then he does a second shot and he gets better and by the time he does like five shots the marshal is super slow and drunk but johnny fever is like sharp as attack and the whole thing was that johnny fever is such an alcoholic that he was way better after a bunch of drinks basically that was the that was the joke of the story so i'm a little concerned that josh gordon has that going on where he lost he wasn't anxious he was calm he was just had just the right buzz going you know what i'm saying like Sometimes yeah, if, sure. you're going to, if you're going to play pool or something, you know, or at a bar, you have a couple beers and you kind of loosen up and you play better. Yeah, that, that is one take, uh, I guess. But uh, yeah, but it is it is pretty crazy. that He literally was was doing something. He's like, okay. you know, dating back to college every game. He said, oh, yeah, right. every single. He was drunk, at least, and maybe high also. And he was 22 and he had Brandon Whedon, Brian Hoyer, mostly Whedon and some Jason Campbell throwing him the ball, and he was suspended two games. So he only played 14 games, and he led the NFL in receiving yards. Yeah, he's like the only player ever to go back-to-back 200-yard receiving games, and it was, it was crazy, too, like a 263 and 245 or right. something. Yeah, and yeah. Drunk. first quarterback situation, yeah. super yeah. young for the position, led the NFL in receiving, and missed, and missed two games. Just, just crazy how good he was. Be like, 
winning a marathon while showing up late to the race. So you were like a mile behind and you were carrying like a 20 pound weight on your back like the whole time right. or something, you know, it's just, it, and he's only 26. So, you know, he, he's not eligible to return till, till week 13. So, you know, your playoffs are going to start week 14. So you're going to need him to get like six for 60 or six for 90 or even four for 40 or something like that in week 13, just to be like, okay, he got some targets. He looks okay. I'll gamble in week 14, but I still think it's worth picking him up. And that guy in the marathon was wasted too, carrying the. <laughs> he was wasted. Yeah. yeah. I want the Niners to trade for him. They used to be linked back in the day. Garoppolo to Gordon. That's what I'm. That's what I'm rooting for. But anyway, all right. Let's let's get to the games list. Right, Enough preamble. Okay. Seahawks minus five and a half at Cardinals. I take the Cardinals. This you know this is a pretty big line on the road on a short week. I don't know if Earl Thomas is playing. Cardinals defense is okay. Drew Stanton played much better last week. I just think it's too many points. I knew you were going to say that. You just reflexively take the home team, and you're probably right. That's the sharp side. I, I sent you the picks this one this morning, and this one I, I've gone back and forth on. I took Seattle, but now Earl Thomas just recently has been ruled doubtful, and they can't really run the ball. But I, I'm just banking on Stanton to, to be horrible, and it's kind of a buy low, sell high as well. You know, Arizona covering on the road. Seattle losing at home in terrible fashion, but I definitely don't feel strongly about this. I I, I think the sharp quote unquote side is is definitely Arizona. Okay, well we won't use it. Vikings minus one and a half at Redskins. Where are you here? Um, I went I went Washington. I mean they're good. I like both these teams are pretty solid. Minnesota for sure, but um, Washington's the home team and and getting a point. Um, I, I think they're. They're good enough to, 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 to not be dogs in this spot. What, what about you? I made them my best bet, the Redskins. I, I just think yeah. the Vikings are good, but they're not great. Laying points on the road against a pretty good team. Plus, the Vikings have a huge lead, I think a two-game lead in the, in the north. I, I don't like to do this too much, but I can just see them dropping this one, getting to 6-3. and three. They'll still probably win the division, but just get a little bit closer. The Redskins really need this game. I, that's not always a good way to do it because – it just happens the other way, and you're like, okay, I guess they're seven and two now. But it just seemed like a game where the Redskins have to have it. They're, they're at home; they're getting a point and a half. I, I took the Redskins. Yeah, you made it your best bet, so I'm fine with using it because I'm with you. I took this is one of the easier. Just looking at the spread, I was like, yeah, why, why would you not take Washington? Right, exactly. Here? Like I could see, like I, I think it should be like Vikings plus two and a half, like the real line, right. and, right. and it was minus one half. All right, uh, Packers plus five at Bears. I really was torn on this one. I felt that I, you know the Bears seem to be the value like. Three would be even teams. The Bears are better. They're a better defense. They run the ball better. Both quarterbacks suck. It's in Chicago. Take the Bears. But with shitty teams, like five points is kind of a lot. So I was sort yeah. of torn. I took the Bears, but I don't feel strongly. I'm with you. I took the Bears as well. You know, traveling on a, a short week for Green Bay, obviously that's priced into the line. And it does seem like the high, a high spread for a team with such a shaky quarterback situation. But I also went back to, to finding myself, you know, any any spot I saw Chicago – available uh, defensive in fantasy leagues i, I was going out I, I got out so whenever you think like that it's like you know their defense isn't just in a good spot at home against you know a, a real shaky hunley but also their defense is good and, and jordan howard's good so i'm with you I, I actually laid five and a half points with the bears and trubisky which seems absurd but i i, I did the same i mean they're kind of like the poor man's jaguars right the nfc poor man's jaguars yeah that makes sense okay Steelers minus 10 at Colts. I took the Colts. I didn't feel strongly about this. I could have switched this one, too. I, the Steelers are so much better, and the Colts are terrible. But 10 on the road is a, a massive line, and the Colts seem to at least be trying, so I took them. Yeah, I did, too. I mean, I could see Pittsburgh's defense. Uh, speaking of big fantasy days, right. I could see them going off. But 
the same time, you know, Brissett, you know, shows some competency at times. Uh, T.Y. Hilton uh, has put up some big games, biggest hit or miss, uh, boom or bust wide receiver this season by far. It's a, you say it, it's a lot of points. Yeah, I mean, this would be 16 points in Pittsburgh. I mean, that is a massive line for a team, as you say, not giving up, not laying down, even though I don't love their coach, the Colts. But, oh, yeah, I took yeah. the home dog getting, getting double-digit points. I did as well. Okay. I wouldn't use it, though. I, I say, you know, because I, it's on the road, like I'd rather do 16 in Pittsburgh than just 10 because 10 is so yeah. easy to eclipse. All right, Chargers plus four at Jaguars. Who do you have here? Oh, man. Um, I told Believer in, in Jacksonville's defense, but the Chargers are a team I love when they're, when they're dogs like this. I definitely expect them to keep this close, if not win outright. So this was one of the easier ones for me. Looking at three and a half or four points, give me the Chargers. I have Chargers winning outright 17-16. So right. I, would, I would use it. Yeah, yeah. okay. It. Totally. Yep. All right. Jets minus two and a half at Bucks. There's some talk that the Bucks have quit. But yep. my reasoning is if we hear that, then the Bucks have heard that. And you can't be that guy as an NFL player. Sometimes teams quit, but a lot of times you hear that. And even if they despise the coach and don't believe in what they're doing, it's like you need that contract. I mean, they have a huge incentive to try and not quit and be embarrassed. So I'm not laying points on the road with the Jets. I took the Bucks. Yeah, that, that again is probably the sharp side. But I, Fitzpatrick's not that bad. But and no Mike Evans. I don't know how much that will actually matter. And, again, it might be factored into the line here, or, or it clearly is. Uh, Vegas probably is aware that he's suspended. But I, I laid the points just because McCown, it, it's so difficult to believe that he's, you know, he's been above average quarterback, but he really has. So I took the Jets, but uh, admittedly, uh, it, it is the sucker side. All right. Bengals plus five at Titans. Uh, Who do you take here? The Bengals have, have been bad. I, I get it. But as much as I want the Titans to be great, I, I made some futures bet on them. And one of them, one of my bigger bets in the preseason was to uh, for them to win the division at like four to one. And I looked pretty bad, but with the Texans suddenly dealing with Savage and Luck not returning, um, it's 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 possible. So I, I think the Titans are an okay team, but I feel like this should be minus three. So I took Cincinnati. So did I. I would use this too, actually. I The Bengals suck, and they've been so hard to watch and so disappointing, but the Titans are soft. Like The Titans aren't good on either side of the ball, really. Like What do they do well? So I, I like the Bengals here. I, I would use this if you wanted to. Yep. Okay, no, I'm down. Yeah. Okay. And Saints minus two and a half at Bills. Uh, I like the Bills here, man. I, I think Bills are much better at home. You got a dome team going into Buffalo in November. I don't know if the weather's going to be a big factor yet, but might be a little chilly or windy. It's just sort of breeze out of his element, and the Bills are tough at home. I, I took Buffalo. Yeah, they have massive home road splits. Um, I took the Saints, and this is the third one that I'm going to say that you're on the, the definitely the non-public side, the home dog. Um, but I'm just such a believer in this Saints team, the defense. It just seems like they can... Yeah, Breeze isn't putting up huge numbers, but it's totally just game script. I mean, the offense, Kamara is really good. Mark Ingram's really good. Their offensive line is really, really good. I, this team is just its just flat out um, one of the better ones quietly in the NFC. So I hear you. And despite a lack of weapons, and I guess Charles Clay may return, uh, Tyrod Taylor, definitely uh, decent. And maybe McCoy goes off uh, at home. So I could see it. But um, I took the Saints. Uh, again, though, don't don't love this one. Okay. Browns plus 12 and a half at Lions. We all took the Browns. There's a unanimous pick in the uh, staff picks. I mean, 12 and a half just seems like, I mean, the Browns are horrible, but the Lions, they're okay. But at 12 and a half, they just don't seem like a 12 and a half laying team to me. Yeah, this line open at nine and a half. I mean, that that is a massive spread for a, a team like the Lions. I mean, their defense is definitely solid and 
Stafford to Marvin Jones is suddenly a thing. But um, yeah, no, that's that's too many. That was a reflexive one for me that I didn't have to think much about. I'm like, also, yeah, it's Ly- ugly, but that's so many points. Lions coming off a huge divisional win at Lambeau that keeps them in the race like Monday night. Six day, you know, it's just it, to me, this is a game where they'll be a little flat. They'll win, but they're, you know, they won't cover, in my opinion. Texans plus 12 at Rams. Who'd you go with here? You know, this one I did have to think about, and I I decided to lay the wood. I, again, that could be the sucker side just because of you know, going off last week. You know, who would want to take the Houston? And, and obviously, the Rams dropped the 50 burger, but their defense is good. And I'm just, I just really think that the, they, I probably ranked them number one fantasy D this week. Tom Savage is so, so bad. And the thing with Houston is Deshaun Watson was covering up a, a very vulnerable defense that had just been ravaged by injuries this year. So I, I'm a believer in the coaching. Uh, Todd Gurley could go nuts. Uh, get, I, I laid the wood here. What about you? I took the points. I, I, I thought about laying the wood here. I have all underdogs except two, and they're very small favorites, just the Bears and the Giants. But like I, I thought about laying the wood. Um, I could, this was the closest one on the big favorites that I did a, a party with the point. This and the Dolphins. But I don't know, man. I just, I just feel like 12 is a pretty big number, and I, I don't feel great about it. It's just, it's just 12. I have nothing else to say about the Texans except the number yeah, 12. Know. The only thing i got to okay. say is the number 12. That's it. There's nothing really justifiable about it otherwise. Yeah, no, I, I don't feel strong about that one. I, I, I hear you. And I, I, I could predict all the ones you're going to go against me so far. I, and, I get and, I, and I feel like, the, 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 I guess the, way I, the reason I did is I feel like Gurley will have a good game, but unless there's some defensive touchdowns, and there might be, it'll be a slow, grinded-out game. They're just going to hand it off, and t- they're not going to take chances. They're just going to put this team away like in a you know, grinded-out way. So be, wow. And, and do, you, do you realize that the Rams have the biggest point differential in the NFL? Uh, I didn't realize that, but you know, if you made me guess, I they probably would have been the third or fourth team I picked. Yeah, I mean, obviously last week helped, but I did not realize that. I'm just looking right now. Yeah, the Eagles number two, and they're, they're first. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. All right, Cowboys plus three. I Falcons. mean, you realize how, how little points they scored last season? I mean, yeah. no, I mean, let's see. Jeff Fisher. How many we're talking last about year. Go ahead. We were talking about this with Stefania Bell because Sam Bradford's out for the year. And, you know, that dude was drafted first overall in 2010 and had kind of a shitty career. You know, he, his career could be over. He could come back. Who knows? But, like, for a number one overall pick, it was pretty disappointing. He does hold the record for completion percentage in a sort of nutless monkey way. It's seven yards per attempt, 71% completion percentage for the year. But he came into a Jeff Fisher team. You know, I mean, just think if he got drafted by a Sean McVay team or a Doug Peterson team, like what Sam Bradford's career would have been. You know, yeah. I mean, what, what a disaster. I mean, Jeff Fisher, it's like, you know, I used to talk about this when, like, Dusty Baker, one of those guys, would handle, or Don Baylor would handle, you know, Mark Pryor and have him throw 135 pitches. I'm like, it'd be like you were hiring a mover to move your, you know, Rembrandt, your $100 million Rembrandt painting. And instead of hiring, like, some art mover that did it professionally, you had some hack put it in a truck. You know, like, these people handling these players, the number one overall pick in the draft, they're not qualified to do that. They're not qualified to do that. They're, they're just... You know, whatever they just throw them out there. They they don't know what they're doing running an offense. They don't know how to protect the guy. Five years later, the guy's career is in ruins. And you look at Fisher, who what he did with Keenum and what he did with golf last year, and you're like, man, you know that's just malpractice to let you know your number one overall pick play for someone like Jeff Fisher. And looking back to his rant and hard knocks about none of this seven and nine bullshit or whatever. Or sorry, nine and seven. Yeah. What am I talking about? He was he was, he said that would be a disappointment. Nine yeah. and seven or ten and six, just laughable. Um, he didn't even believe in golf. He made me uh, certainly had me convinced golf was going to be a total bust and washed out of the league in two years. Um, but anyway, halfway through the season, eight games in, 
the Rams have scored 39 more points than they did all of last season. That's that's pretty pretty remarkable. Yeah, it's crazy. It's such a such an immediate turnaround. But the NFL is like that sometimes. You know, the Dolphins one year went one and fifteen, and the next year they made the playoffs. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, that's pretty crazy too. Okay. All right. What's up next? Cowboys plus three at Falcons. I know you made this your best bet, and I'm willing to use it. Okay. Good. Yeah, I went with the Cowboys. Why is this, why are the Falcons favored by three? I feel like this should be a pick'em or or Dallas minus one or minus two. But I've been on Dallas. Last week I made them my my best bet. I think they're good and getting underrated. Um, I mean, obviously. A couple issues, small issues like Ezekiel Elliott could be suspended. Des Bryant could not play. And those things definitely would matter. But uh, Dak Prescott kind of really spreads it around. I mean, Cole, Cole Beasley, two touchdowns. Who knows? Bryce Butler will catch a long play before everyone writes him off. Um, Terrence Williams, he makes plays with his legs. Their defense is better than expected. While their run, or their blocking may not be as elite it was last year. I mean, they're third most recorded sacks in NFL, holding teams at 6.8 YPA. Um, I like Dallas, and on the flip side, I don't think Atlanta is very good. So yep. I made Cowboys my best bet. I'm with you. If, if Elliott plays, it should be minus three, Dallas minus three. And if Elliott yeah. doesn't play, fine, a pick em, or not even a right. pick em, like Dallas minus one and a half or something like that. And yeah. even without Elliott, they'll be able to run with that offensive line. And I, and I think it's, it's more Dak than Dez at this point in their careers. I mean, I think Dez, even if he's sure. healthy, isn't, you know, he's like Michael Thomas now. He's not like the elite Terrell Owens type receiver he was four or five years ago. Oh, definitely. No, the separation's no longer there. Yeah, Matt Ryan coming off the MVP year hasn't thrown more than uh, two touchdowns in a game all season. Yeah, I like Dallas. All right, Giants minus one at Niners. Now, I just said, saw something on Twitter, but you know, as I said, this is usually bullshit. But they said, you know, some anonymous players said the Giants have quit. Matthews yeah. making them run on Saturdays. That you know, he suspended each of their top cornerbacks without any good reason. But maybe so. But again, I, I usually think NFL teams quitting, especially this early in the year, is pretty rare. I mean, I'm happy to hear it because I hope McAdoo gets fired as quickly as possible for the sake of the Giants. But that's not for this particular game. I, I laid the point. I just think the Giants are a way better team than the Niners. Like the Giants, you know, their quarterback is like below average, but he's not a bottom three quarterback. You know, the Giants, so, they're just better than the Niners. So uh, what was worse last week, the Giants giving up a third and 33 touchdown right. or the Cowboys giving up a 57-yard uh, little dump off to Tyreek Hill in the last play of the first half? What was worse? Yeah, they're both pretty bad. I mean, the, the Tyreek Hill was funny because it's like it's Alex Smith. Like, he's not going to reach the end zone from there. So, right. And it's like they're the, they're the perfect team not to, like, stand all the way on the goal line because, A, he's not going to reach the end zone, and, B, they have a guy that if he catches it with some speed, you're in trouble. You know, he's like the best return. And he's not tall like a guy who can go up and get a Hail Mary either, you know? No, I mean, he's, no. they, they, it was just, it was dumb. They, it, it was a very, I mean, it's very clever, the, the Chiefs, to run that play, but it wasn't well defended, obviously. Yeah, so um, I, I've been bragging about the one thing I've gotten right this year mostly is, is San Francisco. You know, win or lose, I've been right on them more often than not. And last week we used them and we were not right because I, I backed them. But I'm with you this week. The spread's actually showing a big insider two and a half across the board, but as long as that stays under three, I'd be willing to use it if you want, because I guess there's one concern is another. Yes, the report about the Giants quitting and the other report coming out today is uh, Shanahan not ruling out Garoppolo starting. And, and I, right. it's still so little time and so little weapons. I guess Hyde could could be you know, a weapon. He's seen like 10 targets a game now and still remains underpriced in DFS. And, I, you know, me, I, I was worried he's going to get hurt this year, but. Man, he, he, he would be having a monster season if they had even competent quarterback play. So do but, you take responsibility now for the Roto-R magazine being horrible and getting me to move Carlos Hyde down right before we went to press? 
full responsibility. Okay. Because Joe yeah. Williams, because they drafted Joe Williams, and that was going to be well, a good Well, I thought problem. it was Shanahan's guy, and I thought most – I've said I thought mostly that Hyde would get hurt was my main concern. But, yes, Joe Williams was such a joke that I think that, that ankle injury was phantom because he kept fumbling <laughs> in preseason. They just put him on IR because they didn't want to lose him. To get rid of him. To get rid yeah. of him. They didn't want to lose him outright, but yes, to get rid of him for the time being. But yeah. um, you know, the Giants, yeah, exactly. I mean, Eli Manning, sure, they were going to move on or whatever, but Beathard just looks like a disaster. And the area in which to beat uh, the Giants, uh, George Kittle is out. So, right. I mean, and obviously Pierre Garçon's out, and the offensive line is a disa- total disaster. So, uh, yes, traveling across the country, but uh, give me the Giants. My, my wife and a couple cousins, they'll, they'll be there. In, a, in what's sure to be an entirely empty stadium. They'll probably announce the game, uh, the attendance by first name. I don't know if you saw last week, but we, we, can, we can barely give away tickets at this point as season ticket holders. It's, it's pretty, it's, it's a depressing state uh, going to a game live there. I have no interest really in seeing this game myself, except for my, my betting interest. I've watched every Giants but, game for the last, I don't know, 40 years, 35 years. And... Like this week when they started losing and it got out of her hand, I just stopped watching. I, didn't, I was like, I don't care about this. Like, well, I'm not rooting for them to come back. I just want Matthew to get fired and them to start over again. They've got some good pieces. Like, just get you know, get a new quarterback and let's let's rebuild this thing. So, so do you want to use them because the next two games I don't feel strongly about, and I'm totally I'm totally fine with using the G-men. Do we do we not have five? We have the Cowboys. We, we have, have the oh, because you don't like the Bills. The Cowboys, Bengals, Chargers. Chargers. And, and Redskins. And Redskins. I could. I mean, it's, you know, we used them last week and they suck. But sure, if you really want to use them, I'll use them. I, I don't feel good about it. But. Well, I'm not saying I really want to, but we've been over it. I don't, I don't, I think that's one of the five. Yeah, okay, let's do fine, it. Fine. Okay. Pa- okay, and then Patriots at Broncos. I took the Broncos. I just think seven and a half in Denver is a lot. I think Denver was embarrassed last week. They're going to play. They're going to show up in a national game to face the world champs. Their, their defense is going to show up to go after Brady. And Osweiler is so horrible, and maybe he'll turn it over five times. But the Patriots' defense is garbage, so they played a little better, but they're still not like a good pass rush or a shut. They have nobody really shuts you down. So I took the points. Yeah, this is yet another game that I knew you're going to be against me. So I'm curious what we're going to go on these four obvious ones I had in my head that I I, I just knew that I was on the the not the the square side. Probably end up going two and two, me and you on those. But anyway, uh, I took uh, the Pats. Uh, just their coaching and their defense has played better. And uh, their Denver's strong run defense, although not last week, won't matter as much with, with New England. They'll just play dink and dunk. And I just think the quarterback play is so abysmal. Um, Demarius Thomas was in practice. Emmanuel Sanders looked still hurt with that high ankle sprain. This team, speaking of checked out, I don't know, man. Denver might be as well. So I, I took the Patriots. Okay. Dolphins plus nine at Panthers. This was actually my hardest game. I really... Um, yeah. I really went back and forth on it. I could see the, you know, the Dolphins hanging with them. I could see the Panthers' defense just completely crushing Cutler and just kind of mowing them down and winning like 20-3. to three. But in the end, uh, I took the Dolphins. Uh, I think the Panthers will win, but I have it 23-17 Panthers. Yeah, I took the Dolphins as well. I mean, you're right. The, the path to covering here is definitely Carolina crushing on defense because that offense is just not scary at all. Um, Devin Funches, I guess, seeing more looks and, and maybe – CMC out of the backfield, but uh, ah, man, they're just they're, even when they look impressive. What a, what a Newton throw for last week, 137 yards or something. Cutler looked okay. I mean, they're dumping off to those those new running backs. It's funny that Ajayi looked good and uh, Drake and, and even Damian Williams catching balls. So um, Devontae Parker's back. So yeah, I'm with you. I took the points here with Miami. I think I might like this one a little bit more than you. 
yeah, I don't love it. But I, I also think when your offensive line is bad, you can't force the run. The Bengals can't run. You know, the Seahawks can't run. Dolphins can't run. Just throw, you know. It's yep. easier to pass block than it is to run block with a weak offensive line. So it probably was good for both teams, the Ajayi trade. All right, so if you want to stick with the Giants, which I'm very lukewarm on, but if you want to own that, that's fine. We'll go Cowboys. Okay, well, what, what's the other one? Is What you'd want to go to battle for is the Bills? The Bills is the one I would take. Yeah, that would be my fifth. But okay, if you want so the Giants, not... I took – I mean, the difference is we both took the Giants, so that's – right. Right, that's fine. Yeah, man, the Saints team's good. I'm telling you, we have um, to go five and zero. I mean, we're toast. If we if we yeah. go three and two, it's too late. It's too little, too late. We need like a big week. All right, so we got Redskins, Chargers, Bengals. That's ugly. I love it. Uh, Cowboys. Yeah, let's just go with your Giants. Let's just okay. do it. Done. Assuming yeah. it stays under three, uh, the lines will come out in a couple hours, and I'll check. Okay. Because that that could be enough to make the difference, don't you think? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think the Giants are going to win. I think Eli, as crappy as he is, is really frustrated and can at least handle the 49ers. But I'm saying that's a big enough difference going from two and a half to three is what I'm saying. It's oh, yeah, I, I think so. I think we could switch off them and, and maybe take the bills then. Yeah, I'm fine. I'll use them as an alternative. Okay, okay, cool. All right, man. All right. Well, okay, well, we'll be remiss real quick. Um, rest in peace, Roy Halladay. I just read a stat. He had four seasons with 200 strikeouts and 35 or fewer walks. Uh, no one else had ever done it uh, three times. That's, that's, that's crazy. Um, uh, yeah, obviously tragic. Young, 40 years old. Died in a plane crash, which which my dad just recently did, um, and thankfully he's solo. But yeah, I guess it's a interesting new plane. It's amphibious, and uh, yeah, sounds horrible. He had a wife and a couple kids, just forty years old. One of the better ten year stretches of the starting pitcher ever, and seemingly everyone says he was a great teammate and good guy. So hits hits home for me, especially the, the tragic nature of ha- how it happened. So rest in peace, uh, Doc Halliday. Yeah, and and you and I interviewed him. I don't know. When I heard the news, it's the first thing I texted my wife. I didn't just interview him, Liz. Um, I, I swear I'm not even making this up. It was uh, I, I I joined you guys for a couple of years, and I I used to co-host the show two to three times a week for three hours. I don't know if people realize that because this has been about five years now. But he was literally my the first interview on my first show. That was your first show. First interview was Roy Halladay. That is crazy. And actually, in that interview, I kind of like started it off, and you asked the better question, which is yep, about. I remember how specifically, yeah, pitch fan, FX. Fan graphics, yeah, exactly. Right? Go ahead. Well, yeah, but how pitch FX kind of confuses his cutter and, and change up, and, and how, you know, and he was like really articulate about it and was like, yeah, I totally understand how that is. And he was up on like exactly what he was doing, and it was, uh, it was impressive. And uh, so I thought of you, obviously, when he died, but both because of your dad and also because obviously you, you and I talked to the guy on the radio together. Yeah. Uh, my first and only good question was my first, but yeah, first guest ever. Pretty crazy, right? Yeah. yeah. It was your best guest ever and your only good question ever asked on that radio show. Yeah, exactly. So right. yeah, man, sucks, sucks, sucks for him and his family. All right. All right, man. Well, on that note, we will uh, wrap it up one, real quick. Let's go over the, the picks one last time. Okay. The uh, Redskins, the Chargers, the Bengals, Cowboys, and Giants, reluctantly on the last one. Right. Giants. Five and zero, oh, man. Five and zero oh this Let's week. Let's do this. Let's do this. All right, man. Take it easy. Talk to you soon. All right. Later, listen.